This is Pod With Me. Ready. This is Alex J. Aguiar. On today's show, we have nutritionist Kara Bernstein. She's amazing because it's all about balance. But I did drill her with some questions. Get ready because the pod starts now. What is the cost to your health when you when you supersize versus what is the cost out of your pocket? Oh my God, that's like talking politics, Alex. Milk has such a big controversy. Certainly fried food is a good idea not to eat, but I wouldn't tell you like never, ever, never. I, I don't have a lot of nevers. Woo, you ask me tough questions. Ready. Let's go. Roll sound. Welcome to the pod, Kara. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, Alex? I'm doing good, too. Kara, there's a lot of things going on right now. It ties you in because it has to do with nutrition because it's one of the key factors. The pandemic, first of all, and everything that's going around us right now. No, Alex, I'd have to agree. I mean, I think there's there's so many variables that are going on right now, and basically the world has told us to take a pause, and certainly food and nutrition has a lot to do with it because I think be- that we're so fast and busy and rushing all the time. It's really taken a toll on, on the foods that we eat because we don't take the time to eat them, you know, in, in a slow fashion. And we certainly um, don't take the time to cook our own food. We're picking it up all the time. So I would agree with that. I am guilty, guilty of doing that. I, uh, I, you know, most of us are not thinking about nutrition. Uh, we, it, it's there in our, in our minds and we're, we're aware of it. But we're so busy and so consumed and everything is is time, time, time. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. And unfortunately, everything that is unhealthy is something that you can grab quickly and affordable. I mean, that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, listen, anytime you go to any of these fast food places, they have these, um, you know, extra large, you know, sometimes getting a bigger size is actually less money than, than a regular size. And, you know, people say, well, you know, I want to get a bang for my buck. And one of the things that I always, you know, make my clients and people around me be aware of is that sometimes you have to think about it in terms of your own nourishment and nutrition, not in terms of dollars. Like what is the cost to your health when you, when you supersize versus what is the cost out of your pocket? when you supersize. So kind of just changes the dial of their thinking. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. Definitely. What would you say is, is the most harmful thing people are doing nowadays? And it's a little change that they can probably do to enhance their uh, nutrition. Um, that's a really good question. I would say one of the biggest things that I think people should change in their diet is, is processed food. Um, there's so much food out there today that's processed. Um, but you know what people don't realize is there is a fast and easy way to eat foods that are not processed. And one of those things are fruits and vegetables. I mean, if you think about it, they're super easy and convenient. You can, you can grab an apple and banana and stick it in your bag. It's just as easy to, to do that as to grab a, some crackers or some chips, which are, which are completely processed, give you no nutritional value and actually make you more hungry. So um, again, it's really just, rethinking and and knowing that there's other ways of there's many ways to skin a cat and um it can be easy you just you just have to think about it a little bit and and find creative ways to sneak it in in a way that it's tasty because you know the processed food yes it's cheap and yes it tastes good so it's very inviting but we can create that in whole foods as well Let's remind people exactly what is processed food why shouldn't they be eating processed food what's in processed food Okay, so actually it's what's not in processed food. Think of a potato, 
you know, like a potato, it grows in the ground and then you cook it and you eat it. That's a whole food. It's not tainted at all. It, they don't take the skin off. They don't shred it up or make it into a pulp. They, it's just whole. So it maintains all of its nutrients intact. When you take that potato and you create French fries or potato chips or hash browns or mashed potatoes, um, they're taking that food and they're processing it in, in so, some sort of machine. And a lot of times when you process the food, you, you denature it and you strip the nutrients off the food. And then what you're left with is just the, the, the whatever's left from the processing, which lacks a lot of nutrients, fibers, vitamins, and minerals. And so that's what you're eating and, and you're just not getting the nutrients that were originally meant for your body. How did you come into the world of nutrition? And basically when I was in high school, um, I would say I was probably 15, 16 years old and I'm a, you know, a young girl living in Miami, Florida, very influenced by looks, appearances, body shapes, sizes, and all of that. Um, you know, as I was aging and my body was changing, I, I, I wasn't liking, I was feeling like I was getting a little bit heavier or something like that. And I had a vision in my mind of what I should look like. Um, so people would like me. And basically I started, you know, skipping meals, not always eating healthfully, um, just having poor relationships with food. And in turn, I was tired, sad, angry at times, you know, cause I'd be like, when you're hungry, you're, you're cranky and, and, you know, kind of bitchy, I would say. And I was like this, I'm not happy. And what, what's going on? And it was my mom who really was a, a driving force and said, you know what, Kara, I, I think you should go see a nutritionist. She might be able to help you with your food situation because you're, you're having trouble with it. And I'm noticing that. And I was, I was like, you know what, mom, I think that's a really good idea. So I went to see a nutritionist and she helped me so much understand the importance of nutrition what I was lacking, why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And honestly, that my body didn't have to change that much just because I was eating in the right way. I just really needed to learn how to eat properly and have a better relationship with food. Food is my friend, not my enemy. Mm -hmm. And um, from that, I just felt like if I could help others have that aha moment or have this better relationship, their whole life would change for the better. So I would say, you know, because that happened during the time of high school and very shortly thereafter I went to college, it was just a natural, you know, step for me to go in that direction and, um, you know, try and help people with a similar situation that I had when I was a teenager and very vulnerable and confused and um, just not understanding things the way that I, you know, I, I was peer, peer pressure, society, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, God, fast forward, I don't want to tell you how old I am, but that was many years ago. It's like a gazillion times worse because of social media. That's and, what I was about to mention to you right now. Can you imagine growing up in this type of environment right now? Well, I see, I have two teenagers going up, growing up in this environment and it's, it's, um, it's not easy. It's not easy being a kid. And then it's not easy parenting the kids and how to deal with the social media because we didn't have to deal with it. So it's hard to navigate how they should deal with it because it's a part of their every minute of every yeah. day. We were so lucky. I have to say, how does your metabolism slow down and how can you speed it up? Let's start with um, how do we speed up the metabolism? 
Mm-hmm. Um, my, my quick answer would be physical activity. And I don't say exercise, by the way, I say physical activity because it's any sort of movement that you enjoy doing. So if you like cleaning your house or you like Zumba-ing or you like gardening. Cleaning the house. <laughs> oh, some yeah. That, I don't, I, that's not my, my, my physical activity, but I'm just saying like when I tell people to exercise, it takes on a different connotation than physical activity, in, in my opinion, even though they're pretty much the same thing. People think of exercise going to a gym. But physical activity is just mere movement. And the more that you can move your body, the more lean muscle mass you can achieve. And the more lean muscle mass you have, the faster your metabolism is. So that's why, I mean, if you think about it, you know how women always complain that men lose weight so much easier and faster than women? Well, anatomically, men have more lean muscle mass than women. So they have a faster metabolism. It's just, it's just sort of science and, and anatomy. So, um, which leads me to the next question you asked me was like, what is the age that that happens? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't say that there's a specific age per se, um, but for women, I would say around 40-ish is really a time when, you know, there's some hormonal changes that take place in the body. And um, as our hormones change, we have more body fat storage and, um, you know, but the, but if, if, as a woman who exercises or does physical activity for most of their life, they can put that off a little bit longer because their metabolism is better because they have more lean muscle mass. So they can extend that a little bit longer than some other woman. But, um, you know, around 40 ish is usually the time that I see that the clients come to me and say, you know, I used to be able to just, you know, get my portions a little bit smaller or change my diet a little bit. And like that, I'd get the weight off, but it doesn't work anymore. What can I do? So I would say 40 ish is the range. And for men, it's sometimes a little bit later because um, again, it really depends on their body type. You know, there's some genetics involved, of course, and you know, how much time that they take being physical and, and maintaining that lean muscle mass. How about how about sugar? Sugar is a big factor. Sugar is, is is terrible, and I don't think people realize how much sugar they consume in a day. I, I kind of tread lightly. I come from a, a more of an eating disordered place, so in, in for me and back then, you know, it wasn't sugar that was the enemy because it was like the late '80s, early '90s. So that's when fat was the enemy. And I, I wouldn't really allow myself to have anything that had any fat in it because I thought it was bad for me. So now sugar is the enemy. And, and in truth, it's not good for you. It, I mean, it people like cancer tumor cells love sugar. They, they go right to it. Um, heart disease, diabetes, all of that stuff is really related to processed sugar. But I would like to say like on the flip side, if you become too restrictive or too extreme in any one direction, that is really stressful too. And, and can cause other issues and also cause emotional eating as well. So when I, when I coach my clients, I I really, I really explain to them, you know, what, what sugar does and doesn't do, but I also explain to them, there's, there's a place and a time for everything. And if you like cookies and you like crackers and things like that, I can show you alternatives, but it's okay. You know, if, if you, if you put them in the right place and you have a good relationship with them, it's okay to have a piece of chocolate. You know, it's okay to have a brownie. I think, honestly, that's healthy in the head. 
Yeah, so, anything, anything to the extreme is what is exa- even extreme health. I, I think, I think that's a problem too, because, um, you know, there's a lot of vegans out there that actually have, um, you know, low iron or poor B12 because they're, they're not really fully educated in, in what they should eat to substitute entire food groups that are missing from their diet. And so, you know, as healthy as they think they are, they sometimes have a lot of issues as well because they're extreme. What are, what are the negative effects of sugar? What, what exactly does sugar do that, that's so bad? Well, um, one of the first thing that sugar does is that it makes you want to have more sugar. <laughs> so sugar is kind of like a drug, right? So when you have a little bit, it's like, like a baby. You put like a little bit of sugar water on their, on their tongue and they'll, they immediately react to it. It, it. it brings this like wonderful feeling because it raises our serotonin levels, which make us happy. So um, what happens though with sugar is that you have a little bit and you want more. And then when you have a little bit more, it doesn't really work as well. So you have more and more and more. So just like any, any drug, you know, you start it and you're like, oh yeah, I like it. And then what happens is you kind of get addicted to it and you can't get off of it. You know, in my practice, I really show people ways to kind of combat that in, in terms of, yes, if you have sugar and you counterbalance it with things like um, proteins and healthy fats, then, then your body seems to be more level and your blood sugars are more level. So then your mind doesn't create more um, addictions or cravings for the sugar. What would you say are some foods that we need to avoid uh, that produces acid uh, reflexes? I know a lot of people lately have been having a lot of acid reflex. First of all, the biggest thing with acid reflex that you should be careful of is not eating too close to laying down. That is a big one because think about it. If you, if you eat dinner at 10 o'clock at night and you go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, you have all this food in your body and then you lay horizontally. So the food starts coming back and the acids come back up. So that's number one. And then secondly, um, there are foods that are more acidic like tomatoes and lemons and, and things like that, that you, you shouldn't have them by themselves. And my husband is a really good example. Like his stomach is not so good. So if he were to drink something like lemonade without any food in it, that would be a killer for him. Um, I think you have to be careful with um, just drinking something very acidic or eating something very acidic by itself without anything that pH balance that. Um, and secondly, really the most importantly is to not eat large amounts of food close to when you're going to lie down because it's it's going to come back up and you're not going to feel very good. And the older we get, the worse it is because our bodies are machines. And as machines age, they just kind of degrade a little bit. So what we could tolerate before we can't tolerate as we get older. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's just mere like life, life, you know, it's like the eyes, you know, I saw perfectly for 41 years and then all of a sudden I didn't, I didn't do anything differently. It's just my, my eyes are part of my machine and my machine is starting to degrade. So I get glasses. Lactose intolerance. What do you have to say about, you know? Very common. Uh, Lactose intolerance, a lot of times is genetic, but a very large percentage of African-Americans have lactose intolerance. It's a genetic thing and it's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It also could be an age thing, just like our stomachs can tolerate things for a certain amount of time and all of a sudden they can't. Lactose comes from a cow. And so what cows can digest easily, 
not necessarily humans can. So um, that's, that's kind of a big issue. It's like, you know, everybody's body is kind of different, but some people have more sensitivities than others. And so it, it's coming from a different sort of species, right, than, than, than we are. And um, you see it all the time with babies. I mean, so many babies cannot tolerate the formula because it's cow-based milk. Mm. And we, as, as we are born innately, we should consume human-based milk. I mean, that, that's why we produce milk, right, in our bodies, mm. because that's what's meant for our babies. Is, is milk really good for us? Grew up with the commercials, milk, it does the body good. Milk, it does the body good. Um, oh my God, that's like talking politics, Alex. It, it is? It's, yes, oh my God, milk has such a big controversy. I mean, there's, there's people out there that say dairy is like worse than sugar, it's worse than anything. And listen, dairy can cause inflammation in the body, that is true. You know, and because like I said, everybody's body's so different. So if there's somebody that drank milk their whole life and had a really bad stomach and was bloated and gassy all the time, and all of a sudden they stopped drinking milk and they felt normal again and really good, you could understand why they would say milk is really bad for you. I mean, it just makes you feel like crap and it causes inflammation and you just don't feel good. But there's other people that drink milk and they're fine. And maybe they drink the right amount of milk for their body. They don't overdo it, they don't underdo it. And the truth is, it's loaded with protein, it's loaded with calcium in it. So there mm -hmm. are some positive parts of milk, but a lot of people have a lot of problems with it. And listen, whole milk is loaded with saturated fat and that's not good for our heart, right? Clogs our arteries. So there are pros and cons to milk. I really, it's really hard for me to say um, yes or no. I'd have to say it depends. On the, on the person, the amount, the type. I, I think Greek yogurt is a great idea. That's a part of milk, right? Comes mm -hmm. from milk, but you know, and for people that are real, you know, there are some people out there and um, I know we don't like those people, but some people have a really hard time putting on weight, right? They, they eat and they eat and they eat and they just like, you know, mm -hmm. um, I give them some like smoothies with whole milk in it. And you know, if they can tolerate the milk, they're getting protein, they're getting calcium, they're getting a ton of calories, and they're able to gain a little bit of weight. So, you know, sometimes, in my opinion, milk is warranted, and a lot of times it's not. So it really, really depends on the on the person and the circumstance. What are the What would you say are the top? I'm, I'm you know, I'm here asking questions about the question, but it, you're my nutritionist. You're our nutritionist for this hour. <laughs> yes. What What would you say are the top food, foods that we should not be eating? Woo! You asked me tough questions. Um, I don't think there's like any one food in particular. I, I, I can find fried food? everything, fried but, food. um, what? How about fried food? You know, fried food is not good for you. It's super fatty. It's super inflammatory, but sometimes it just makes us happy. Like for instance, I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm, we're making panko shrimp in my house. I'm not really frying it. I'm baking it, but it's very breaded. It's not something I would have on a normal basis, but it's a Miami heat game. The heat are doing awesome. We're going to wash it as a family. And that's what everybody wanted to eat. And so I'm like kind of cool with it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. on a regular basis, fried food, not a good idea at all. But again, it's about finding the balance and the relationship. And so do I eat fried foods on the weekends? Absolutely. Do I eat fried foods during the week? 
usually not. Yeah, and there's some people that can't keep that balance. So it's right. So that's the thing. If you can if there that's what I call trigger foods. Whatever your trigger foods are, are really the foods that you have to look at very closely. And those might be the foods you need to get rid of. So, you know, it really depends on what your triggers are, is what I would say. What are the foods you should definitely get rid of? But certainly mm-hmm. fried food is a good idea not to eat. But I wouldn't tell you, like, never, ever, never. I, I don't have a lot of nevers. You have to be one of my favorite nutritionists ever. <laughs> not like your aunt. <laughs> my aunt will. I'm a moderate. My aunt, I'm my, I could just hear my aunt now listening to this, cringing. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I come from a different place, right? Because I came from a place, like I explained to you, I was crazy restrictive as a teenager to the point of, of being an unhappy individual. Mm-hmm. So I learned a way to balance my food so that I can eat in a way that keeps me happy, but doesn't make me overindulge or underindulge and be restrictive. And to me, that's healthy. That defines health to me. For some people, they come from a place where maybe they overindulge for many, many, many years. And then they had some tragic event happen, like a heart attack or cancer or something like that. And then it completely catapults them to another extreme. And then they have their beliefs and and it makes sense because of their experience. So I totally get that. But, you know, as I've had my journey in life, my experience was, was different. So that's why I believe that everything has a place and balance is the key. Kara, you have been amazing. Can you, uh, wrapping this up right now, um, can you tell everybody out there, how can they get in contact with you and, uh, and if you had one message to tell everybody, what would that be? Okay, so how to contact me? Um, so many ways. I have a website, um, and the website is Nutrition Your Way, and Way is spelled W E I G H, like your weight, right? And then Inc.com. So NutritionYourWayInc.com. If you go to my website, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not on Twitter. Um, And my message to everybody, honestly, is find a good relationship with food. Food is your friend, not your enemy. And if you can find that that little happy place, it it just makes everything okay. And and it's it's not easy. And I can I can help with that because I've been in that in that unhappy place and I and I found the balance. And so I think. I'm a really good person to help people get there because I've been there. All right. And Kara, one more thing. Don't fall Fall off off the pod. pod. That's a wrap. All right, everybody. Go right now to your app store and search for Pod With Me. We have our very own app. You can also check us out on social media. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. And until next time, don't fall off the pod. Ready.